We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. fans how you doing it's your boy jonathan macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast we are officially on track to go five for five this is our fourth consecutive podcast this week um and uh you know obviously obviously we're getting better as the week goes along and we we didn't save the best for last because we're gonna have one more episode tomorrow. We think we hope, um, but this is pretty close because he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. You know who I'm talking about already? It's Chris Persiain and one time intern. Now, um, I don't know. Do you do you, do you own like seventy five percent of KFS? I think that's the latest percentage. This is too much. Um, is it too much? Really? I think it's not enough. I. I think I'm just officially a, a contributor. Like, I think I lost the intern label. I just, I contribute to KFS. A K- KFS teenage presence, for better or for worse. Uh, vice, vice, president, vice president of all things that John is too old for. So, so I'm like the, I'm like the Steve Stout. Why would you do that to yourself? You want to be the Steve Stout of KFS? He's pretty successful otherwise. So are you going to go on live TV and fire me or something? People um, like the jerseys now. I like the, that, they listen, grew on me. I Well, shame on you for making them, for them having to grow on you because I was uh, front they, center They looked on. bad on the screen and I saw them in person. I saw, and now I, now I own a quick, I own a quickly one now. So I repented. I repented for my sins. Don't laugh at me. I'm not laughing. I just say I'm, I want to. I want to boast that I saw the vision from the very start. Um, well, you. You know what? You told me that you were going to get a city edition Obi Toppin jersey. 
So like an idiot, I, I went I and got a statement said- edition. Oh, 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 yeah, you did. And then I went and got a statement edition Obi Toppin jersey. And then everyone on Twitter is like, look at this loser. Got an Obi Toppin jersey. He's not even playing well. And I'm like, the Listen, old fart not- told me to get it. Oh, stop it. Don't blame me. All right. We, we've, we've bantered for long enough. This is a mailbag podcast. Of course, this is uh, let's we, we will deem this the pre playoff mailbag podcast here at KFS. As always is the case, um, your host, me, uh, has too much shit going on to read these questions beforehand. Um, but I will give my uh, best and honest uh, answers that I possibly can um, to Chris, who has seen and called through your questions that you have asked, I believe, on Twitter. Um, Indeed. And on that note, um, Chris Percy Einan, by the way, you're very, oh, sorry, I forgot to Very nice piece uh, that you had for the newsletter. Um, oh, thank you. About, um, you know, about the, the appreciating the journey. I, it was very touching. Being, um, being here. Being here. Be, we, we here. As one might say. As one might say. All right. Uh, shoot. First question. Abby. Would you, would you say that, would you say that we fam though, John? I would, would not you, say that. And I think anyone who does say that should be shot. Not a fan of the t-shirt. John Mack. K, KFS, KFS playoff merch. Available now. Mine's in the uh, mine's actually in the wash, to, truth be told. Courtesy of Jeremy and the, the gang. All, All right, right, let's get, in, on, let's let's get, get into it. Let's get to a question. John, Here we go. John Jin, Novocaine 2020, a frequent asker of questions. With a with a nice um a, a sentimental start. Let's let's we'll start off on a on a kind note. Your resounding memory, John, that you'll tell your children or future children. Um, I guess that that was for me about when it comes to this year's team. Oh, that's a great question. Um, That's a really good question because there's actually a lot of great answers because the season has had so many moments where you felt like they had reached a meaningful new level that they hadn't been at before. Like, you know, honestly, like the, the, this is going to sound absurd now, but like the quickly preseason game against the Cavs, like that's something I'll always remember that may not be the moment. Um, I'm going to, the one that's coming to my head is the, is the win over the Grizzlies. That's the, that's the one that's coming into my head. I think that's with the RJ shot. I've, it's not even that like necessarily that one shot or just like the fact that the Overdraw. season the seem the season seemed to be despite the fact that we that was what it was like game fifty something right it, it despite all we had accomplished up until that point it felt like the season was it was a season on the brink uh, to borrow a, a very famous sports book term um, and like it would that almost it felt like a must win game. Um, and they won it and they won it in the way that they won it. And it was crazy. And then they, it set up, you know, them going on this run where everybody started to be like, holy shit, the Knicks are, you know, this isn't just a cute story. Um, so I will, I will, I will say that as far as the game. And then of course I should probably note that, um, I did watch one of these games from a hospital room in which my <laughs> youngest daughter was born. Detroit. Yes. The game, right? the game in Detroit, which was a great game. They won, they smoked Detroit, but I, I, I couldn't tell you a single play from that game, but I'll, I'll go with for, for the basketball answer. Uh, I'll go with the, the Grizzlies game. All right. I, I, I like it. 
I, I'd probably just say like Tibbs and Julius, like the existence of the two of them. Like I, I'm trying to think like a bunch of years from now, what am I going to look back on? I'm going to be like, wow, that was the year that Tom Thibodeau and Julius Randall like whipped everyone into shape. Like when I think of this team, that's see, that's an interesting question. When you think of this team, are you going to remember Tibbs first, Randall first, or someone else first? I, I think it's a, it's, I'll remember Tibbs, Tibbs and Randall. It's one of those two. It's got, it's a tie for me. I, I, I'll, I'll give him respect to both. Next up, speaking of Randall, um, and depending on your answer, I might stop you immediately after you give it because a, a later question could potentially. All right. Which player from Jonas Plout, maybe Jonas, sorry. Uh, which player Jonas. is the most likely, Jonas, the most likely to determine the outcome of the series? Some options listed in, in the question were Randall, Trey, Capella, or someone else. Um, Randall. Um, I think Randall's the most likely to, to and I say that specifically because I think the Knicks can shut, not shut down. I think the, the Knicks can prevent Trey young from going nuts. I think the Knicks can limit what Clint Capella is able to do. Um, I think like same thing, bogey, like, like give me anybody else you want quickly. They can't stop Randall. So if Randall is the best version of himself, the Knicks are not going to lose this series. That is a fact. So that's not to say that I think like Randall is like the X factor or something, but the question was like, who do I think is going to determine the series the most? I think Randall is going to determine the series the most. Because they really have no one to stop him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, Good question, though. Yeah. I, I thought I thought you might say Trey because – like it's, but then I feel like Trey's kind of a, the answer. If you think the answer is Trey, then the answer might be Tibbs more than you think. Like if Trey, turns even though he's into, not a player, if Trey turns into Steph Curry for the next five, six, seven games, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, sure. Trey Young will determine the series, but that hasn't been the version of Trey Young that we've gotten this year. He like quietly, like hasn't hit. I mean, for him, at least what we thought he'd be at at this point in his career, he hasn't hit a ton of, three. we some I don't know. I'm the general. The, the, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll give it to you. You were on the you were on the Pierce thing from like day negative ten that he was going to be unemployed. Oh yeah, I, uh, but I mean everybody had him as their first coach fired. Unfortunately for him, but um, no, but I but I just don't think we've seen any evidence from Young this year that he's like magically going to turn into the version of the player that's going to like win this series uh, by himself. And hopefully, I, I didn't just jinx the Knicks by saying that, but. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Well, I know who to blame. Yeah. <laughs> As always, you can blame me. Uh, in in regards to a, a different Atlanta Hawk, mm-hmm. um, bats are bugs. Wants to know how worried you are about Atlanta killing us on the boards. You know, you you brought it up. Um, Capella is the league's leading rebounder. We've had some struggles there without Mitch. Your take. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly worried that they're going to get the better of us on the boards. I'm not, I'm not terribly worried that it's going to be the thing that will like decide the series. Um, because we've seen now for 
the better part of a, a month, of, actually more than a month, really, since Mitch has went down. But it, it feels like it's gotten worse. You know, we saw Valanchunas dominated us, and there's been a few other few other games. I feel like um, where teams are really, and we've lost some of those games. Um, but I feel like we've been able to succumb it. Um, that said, I. I'm very curious to see how much he goes with Taj Gibson in this series. Now, very, 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 very small sample size. Um, but the, the numbers with for Taj against Atlanta this year are not great in terms of the, like their, the defensive rating. The defensive rating for Noel is, is decent. I wouldn't go by those. Um, I think there's a lot of noise there. And I, I, I think there are some numbers that you could go by from the season series that will inform you that's not one of them. I trust Taj more. Um, he's a bigger body. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the elevation or the verticality that Noel does. But in terms of just like boxing a guy out and make like I trust him a little bit more than Noel. Um, is that said, Capella's going to get you know the guy averaged twenty rebounds against us in the last two games, and in the first game, I, I think he had twelve or thirteen or something like. Yeah, you know he he, he hurts <laughs> yeah. a lot. Of, he hurts he hurts a lot of teams, and like you. To, to expect that you're just going to be able to keep that guy off the glass is not reasonable. What you have to do is if he does get the offensive rebound, you have to swarm it and, and the whole thing. And I think they'll do that, you know? So, but I'm worried. Reasonably worried. You'd say that I'm like, as like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> expect, like, that's not the thing that I'm most fearful of going into the series. I'll say that. Gotcha. Or in the, in like the top three, even. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Next up, still on the upcoming series, I I included a healthy amount of questions. I like regarding it. We're gonna it, we're, we're gonna try to get through a lot. In this it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a topic of relevance. <laughs> Jay Kriegs wants to know how much Nate McMillan's playoff coaching record impacts your outlook for this series. So he's been key to ATL turning their season around. But his playoff record is mostly first round exits that are sweeps most of the time, he says. Macri is very complimentary, but might be overlooking this. Um, so I'm just I'm pulling it up right now. And again, forgive me because I'm going off of some memory here. So his first I mean, it probably doesn't make sense to go back that far. Um, he was the coach of the. Seattle Sonics team that I believe they were they were a one or a two seed back way back in 2004, 2005. They lost in the second round to I'm pretty sure the Suns. That was the year that both them and the Suns came out of the blue. Um, I mean, he so he lost three straight years in the first round in Portland. Um, I don't think he had the better team in any of those. Um, maybe the 2008, 2009 Blazers team, which I'll, I'll like look up right now where, um, yeah, they lost to the Rockets in a series that they probably should not have been in anyway, because they did not have the best player in that series. Um, yeah, like, well, okay. Eh, all right. That's whatever. I guess the point is like, I'm not putting much stock in it. I, I think Nate McMillan's a good coach. I think he's like most other coaches in the league. He's not a great coach. And then, yeah, I, I get he's been swept four four times when he was in or three, four, three times when he was in Indiana. Um, but those are there was some right. like funky Paul George stuff going on with some of those teams. And like, I think we've seen 
more recently that, um, you know, George is maybe not the most mentally tough guy um, when it comes to like one of those was the year before Paul left um, and they got, yeah, they got, they got swept. Like, I, I don't know. Is it a huge deal to you? I, I think I can't like disrespect the effect he's had on them this year, but like I'm this also gonna, team is better than those Pacer teams. That's just I'd be I'd be wrong. I'll, I'll say it how how my roommate Eric says it, which is that he's got you got to stay consistent. And I'm I'm a, I'm a huge Tibbs um, praiser, so I think I think it would be wrong of me to not think that Tibbs would is going to outcoach him or I, is well prepared enough to you know like I, I it would be off character for me to say that. No, I, I agree with you, but like there are some coaches out there that could lose you a series, and there's maybe two or three coaches in the league at any given time who could be the difference in a series. Tibbs might be in the second category. I don't think Nate McMillan is in the first category. I guess that's my point. So, you know, yeah, but you know, I, I, I yeah, I'm not reading too much into it. This, especially since like, I don't know, I, I don't think. I don't think there's going to be a ton of like coaching will matter in this series, but like I've been watching the film like the last several days, obviously I don't watch it with the same eye that these guys do goes without saying or anything close to that. But like you kind of know what this series is going to come down to, you know, who needs to do well, you know, who's going to be targeted. It's like, what, you know, you want to tell me that like Nate McMillan, um, you know, uh, putting Trey young on like Reggie Bullock, as opposed to trying to have him guard like Derek Rose is like, you know, it's yeah, I guess there's some of those things out there. I, whatever. It's not a thing that I'm really focused on is what, what I'll say. Gotcha. Good, good uh, question though. No, it, it's, it's worth touching on. Absolutely. Um, next up we get to, this is this more in my, more in my direction. I oh think. boy. Just, just, cause, just cause of, just cause of the start. It's fun. You, you, you're you're kind of you kind of um, excommunicated yourself from Frank Island a little bit. You kind of you pushed away from shore, and you used the vets as a floaty. And and Frank High was faithful. Um, but John wants to know, not you. I gathered as much. Not time. you. Outside of Frank, who you trust most to guard Trey Young? Well, I, I'm about to excommunicate myself from uh, Frank Island even more because I don't I don't trust Frank uh, to guard Trey Young the most. Um, I, I, I one of the I've I attended a, a Knicks Hawks game it wasn't um, gosh, it wasn't it wasn't last season. I think it was the season before that. Um, so Trey, I think, was a rookie and Frank was, a, 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 I guess, a second year player. Uh-huh. Um, and he had his handful and there's been other, there's been other instances where Frank has gotten a chance to guard Trey and he's, and he's, it's been tough for him. Um, Tom Piccolo had a, a good tweet today noting how Nilakina has a pretty high foul rate. Like it's, I think it's first in by of all guards, like in the league this year. And granted he hasn't a lot of playing time and he, get, he as, as Tom pointed out, he gets a shitty whistle. Um, that said, like little guards have always given Frank problems. Frank is is great. Come on, bogey then. Well, well, so 
I think that's interesting. And and the guy that I was going to say is, I think the person who I would trust most on Trey Young would be Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock. I would give Reggie Bullock a shot. Now, Reggie Bullock doesn't exactly have a big, a long track record this season. Um, maybe he does in previous seasons. I, I, I honestly have not watched enough of him. He doesn't have a track record this season of, of guarding like smaller guards. Um, but I'd give it a shot. He's been the wing guy. And doesn't Atlanta have enough wings for us to worry about? Well, so that's when you get into the bogey part of it, right? But then can Put we... Frank on bogey. Let well, Rose guard Young and just stay in front of him. Keep him, yeah, but when keep are, him at the... When are we talking Young about? at the top. So if we're talking about with the starting five, right? If we're talking about the starting five, I like... It's, it's impossible to have this conversation without knowing who's the starting point guard. Um, but let's... Whatever. Let's whether it's Rose or or Peyton or Quickly or Burks even. Um, I think you can slot any of those guys on Herder. Um, I would even if it ends up being Hunter in the starting lineup, I would like I don't know. I would experiment with one of those guys on Hunter and then put RJ on Bogey and um, and maybe try Bullock on uh, Bullock on Trey Young. The other option, which I think was suggested by someone that he, uh, Ian Begley had on uh, today on something for, for SNY, is to try RJ on Trey and then keep Bullock on Bogey and basically try to not, you're not going to shut Bogey down, but try to really limit what he does um, through Bullock and give RJ a shot. The problem there is if RJ gets into foul trouble, then, well, yeah. RJ, gets into, RJ gets into foul trouble, which. And, and, our, again, Atlanta has so many tall wings for us to worry about. Yeah, but I'm Why not are we, like, I'm not worried. So here's the thing. It's the fact that there's multiple of them. It's not like I'm not saying that Kevin Herter has me like shivering in my boots. And that I'm saying like between Gallo, Hunter, Herter, Bogey. They have enough guys where I'm like, why are we using RJ Barrett or Reggie Bullock? Um, Trey, we like we don't we don't have MKG on this team. We don't well, have they, like defenders galore so, to just like throw at these wings. So the al- isn't a yeah. No, listen. The alternative, which I don't think is that nuts, is to basically stick. Well, Burks would do a serviceable job if Burks actually does run point for a little while. Which um, I just realized my lights on. Um, if Burks does run point for a while, I would, I'm fine putting him on, on Trey. If it's quick. Oh yeah. That's what I meant for the yeah. wings. Like I'm not putting Burks on the, like he's not guarding Gallo. Gallo just. No, no, no. no. But, it, but if, but let's just say for argument's sake, um, the, 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 the reasonable logical assignment would be quickly or Rose or Peyton on Trey. If you want to just stick those guys on, on him, one of those guys on him, and you're basically conceding him getting into the lane. You just have to trust Noel or Taj to handle the the Capella aspect of it. Right. And if 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 you're basically in the in that situation, you're basically conceding the floater to Trey every time. Which, like, again, the floater is a shot that the math says there are like two and a half people in the league every year who uh, it. it it's like the math says that's a smart shot and Trey young has hit a bunch of them. He's not at that level yet. He's not right. CJ McCollum. He's not, you know, Steph Curry. He's not, you know, um, Kevin Durant. That's the other way to go. And you just basically concede that, which like, I don't think that's the craziest idea as opposed to like bending over backwards um, to try to like stop Trey young. 
I don't know. I think it, it really is an interesting conversation. I, I Here's what you, you want to know my honest answer. Try everything. Try a whole bunch of shit over the first couple of games and whatever seems to work the best after the first couple of games. Hopefully you, at the very least, you emerge 1-1 out of the first two and then you go from there. All right. Well, that kind of that kind of kind of goes into our uh, our next question a little bit. Okay. Um, I like it. Might be an adjustment that we see after a game. Or, I don't know. We'll, we'll see your thoughts. Well, I mean, there's going to be adjustments I, throughout the series. There always is. Ah, uh, but but I don't know about this. Tyler wants to know if you see the Knicks going to an eight or nine man rotation in the series, and if so, who's getting cut to do so. No, um, I would think no as well. But I would think uh, the reason I brought it up in regards to adjustments was like, would Tibbs shorten it? Here, here's why I actually think there's a, be- there's a better chance we see 11 guys in game one or two than it is that we see eight or nine. Um, it's here's why I, I we've seen absolutely zero indication that Tibbs has any in- any inclination to put RJ or I don't know who else you would want to say Burks. I don't even know who else would qualify at the four. So unless Julius Randle's playing 48 minutes, which I don't think we're going to see that. Um, I can see RJ Barrett playing 48 minutes, actually. That's not insane. But unless we're going to see RJ. Uh, no, that uh, one makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Julie, I mean, the only reason I say that is because Jimmy Butler in his last playoff series, was it his last playoff series with tips? Maybe it wasn't his last, one of the playoff series with tips. He played 48 minutes like five times. Um, but so I think we're going to continue to see Obi. He's such an um, addict, Tom. He is what he is. I love um, it. Leopard, Leopard doesn't change its spots. So I think we're going to see Obi, whether it's for six or eight minutes a game, I don't know. But I think we're going to continue to see Obi. Um, I think we're going to continue to obviously to see two centers. He's not going to start playing Randall at the I, – I mean, I'd be sh- – talk about things that would f- absolutely floor me is if we ever saw Randall at the five. But, you know, never know. And then – so then the question becomes, all right, does Elf stay in the rotation or does Elf move out of the rotation? And that's your question of, like, do we go 10-man or 9-man? And then to be honest with you, I think if Elf – if he actually ever did – bench elf and moved him out of the rotation i think frank would get time it might only be five or six minutes but i think frank would get time if no that makes sense so i i do not think we're we're ever going to go below 10 men gotcha i would i would agree yeah i mean it's just like you know we we, tibbs like we know what tibbs is we know what he does like i'm not saying he's not going to make adjustments he'll make adjustments but i think it's adjustments that he's comfortable with and feels like are, are beneficial to the team. And I don't see how shortening to an eight or a nine man rotation benefits the team. Right. All right. So this is the last series related question, but it's a two parter. Okay. The second one will take us into our next, uh, next segment. This is exceptional, exceptional question, um, uh, you know, accumulation by you. Thank you, John. So uh, dot at Schmuck Dolan wants to know, do you think Tibbs will find a way to expose Trey? And then the second question is, what would your biggest nightmare be this offseason? Um, oh, goodness. Uh, so the, the exposed Trey question, um, I went back and uh, again, I've been watching a ton of tape the last few days. He tried to with Peyton um, for anybody who missed it in the newsletter on well, Wednesday or Tuesday, I'm losing track of the days. Um, Peyton has taken, it took 39 shot attempts against the Hawks this season in not a ton of minutes, at least in comparison to other guys. Um, That's, that was third on the team after Barrett or after Randall and, and Barrett. 
Um, a lot of those attempts were when he tried to drive on Trey Young. It did not go well. He shot 35% in the three games. He made 14 of the 39 shots. Can I ask how many of these games were before we acquired Rose? One. The first one. And that's when he took the most shot attempts. But he, t- he took a fair right. amount of shot attempts in the other games, too. Um, and the, the point is, that's like they went to that early. Now, um, one thing that we did not see in the two games that Rose was here for is we did not see them target Trey Young using specifically Derrick Rose. I, I, I found one instance where Rose took Trey Young into the post and he, he scored very easily. Um, Capella was not in the game um, for, for that one. And if there's another one out there, I, I may, I, maybe I missed it, but I've, I'm pretty sure I could say this. And they never went to it as a strategy. Do I think that they will try to go to it as a strategy? Absolutely. Um, Although it's going to be interesting to see the minutes distribution and when Rose is on the floor versus when Young is on the floor, because here's the dirty little secret, right? Um, They, there's an argument that this team for doesn't like maybe shouldn't play Trey Young more than. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 30, 32 minutes a game. Let Bogey run the offense for a while um, when Young's on the bench. And then, I mean, again, when do these adjustments get made? Does Tibbs save this for a game three or a game four or a game five where it's like, shit, it's the, you know, we're we're down in the third quarter. Like we need some buckets and then just start sending Rose at Trey Young. Then at some point this series, yes, absolutely. We're going to see the Knicks try to target an ex-boy Trey Young. Do I think they're going to come out of the gate with it? No, I don't think they're going to come out of the gate with it. Oh, and And then the other question might be biggest nightmare this upcoming (laughs) offseason. That's a really tough question because I just, I have perhaps naively, um, I have so much faith in this front office to just make responsible decisions. Yeah. I want to answer this in two, two ways. One, I'm going to say, cause here's the thing. I think we're at the point where we like, when when a star wants to come to the Knicks, are the Knicks going to be in a position where they could be like, sorry, you're not the star that we want? Um, I, I, I realize this is like a weird situation I'm painting because I can't even think of a time when this has happened in the league um, where like a star is like, I want to go to that place because usually I feel like these things are discussed beforehand, you know, under the table or whatever. But like, 
I don't know, like the like if if a star, if like the wrong star was like, I want to come to the Knicks, and they were they felt like the they the need to trade for the star, and I, I feel bad saying this because I've actually been on the fence about whether they should acquire this guy or not, and it doesn't sound like he wants yeah. to. Leave. I, exactly. Like he actually made some comments recently that indicates he absolutely he wants uh, to go nowhere. He wants to retire in Minnesota. But like that would be a guy that would worry let him, me. Let him. Uh, what were you saying, uh, Chris? Let him. Oh, let him. Let him stay in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I he's not a guy I'm I'm in a rush to get. Um, but the 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 first answer that came to my mind and the answer that I'll give is Dennis Schroeder. Um, I want nothing to do with Dennis Schroeder. I understand that. You know, at this point, thinking that Tibbs can't take a guy who's talented and that has some very discreet skills, um, you know, and, and thinking that Tibbs can't get the most out of him is perhaps foolish. I just like, I just don't see a world where it makes sense to pay that dude over $20 million a year. And that's clearly. No, he'd he be good here. I just don't want to pay him that much. You're right. You know, he's a guy, if you get him for, I mean, even if you get him for 15, like, th- you know, if you told me you could get that dude for three for 45 or something, I'd be like, okay, he's, but he wants like double that. So that's not for yeah. me. Yeah. Three for 45 intrigues, but that you're I right. Mean, honestly, I wouldn't not. even want to do that. I'd rather give uh, Spencer Dinwiddie three for 60, you know? Oh, I prefer Dinwiddie too. I just Schroeder can drive and defend and Tibbs would. I don't see, see Schroeder's like, he's not. There's like guys who are good defenders, there's guys who are bad defenders, and then there's guys who like show defensive aptitude if you put them in the right situation. And obviously Schroeder is that. He's part of the number one defense on the league this year. That's not, and he's playing a lot of minutes. It doesn't happen when you have like a terrible point of attack defender. But then again, we've just watched Alfred Payton start 60 fucking some odd games for the Knicks. Um, you know, and they and had know, a top defense. Yeah. And they had a top four defense and and it was comfortably a top four defense. So like, you know, Dennis, Schro- whatever Dennis Schroeder could, can defend a little bit, but he's again, he's not, not someone I want to pay that money to. All right. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Still into the, the off season vibes. We always get uh, off season questions. Every time, but now we're actually approaching it. So I, I kind of devoted like the first, Half of the show to oh, I told you. series. Very good and question. Then, um, so, amalgamation, um, ordering, <laughs> all of this. Wonderful job, buddy. So a plus. So me at nyfan07 uh, wants to know if Obi's development will be the biggest addition for next year. No, um, no. I think they'll. I think they'll get someone. I don't know who. I think they'll get someone. Significant, yeah, and um, Kyle Lowry, please. Well, whoever, whoever it's going to be, please. Um, but in terms <laughs> of, in ter- I think actually, I think that's a very, it's a fascinating question. If the I know this was from what the person asked, but the question of who, whose internal development between this year and next year will be the greatest, you know, and like the three, oh, three got to be Ovi. I don't know. I mean, I, I think. Well, but th- here's the thing, though. It's going to it's it, you're going to need the opportunity to be there for that. So you're assuming the development a and you're assuming the opportunity B. Um, I wouldn't be completely shocked if R.J. Barrett makes the biggest leap of him quickly or Obi. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if quickly makes the biggest leap. I, again, the it is if you go back, just Ray look at any. Have. 
Yeah, oh, it's a great problem to have. But if you go back, it's not. Go, it's not like they're. We're. It's not like we're projecting small leaps and we're hoping. It's like no, like the, all three of these guys have a chance to be like. Yeah, for sure. I. I actually better think, basketball player. It's very cool. It's very I, cool. I think quickly is the most volatile, easily of the three. Like we know RJ is going to get better. We. I think I'm pretty sure we know Obi's going to get better. I can see quickly. I can see a world where quickly comes out next year and it's like, holy shit, this guy needs to start like today on a, on a, he's like good enough to start on a really good team. He's a weapon. And I could also see a world where quickly comes next year and he's kind of just like the same version of what he is this year. Um, neither of those two things would shock me, but uh, yeah, I think Obi will get better for sure. No, he's, he's going to, he should, he should. Um, no, he, he will. Thomas Aiello from WFUV Sports with our next question. Very nice. Shout out to uh, WFUV. Given the choice between Fox, Lonzo, and Brogdon. So I, I, I threw one question in with some, with some names. <laughs> Which of the three would you want the Knicks to go after? I, I mean, if the sorry, it was Fox, Brogdon, and who? Fox, Brogdon, Lonzo. Oh my god! Which would you rather the Knicks go after? I, That's that factors in like price, but goodness. Okay. But. Well, yeah, because obviously Fox is the answer seven days of the week and, and twice on Sunday. Um, so basically, this is right. a question about: Is there a world where I think there is such a thing as an overpay for De'Aaron Fox? Um, yeah, that's really what this question is asking. His deal is it? I think. Look at Kristaps, Sean. What, what did we learn? We learned that paying guys who you're not sure, but you think can be max players. Oh, you're, you did not just put the Aaron Fox in the same conversation as Kristaps Porzingis. Look at Jamal Murray. And, and there, there's other guys that are right now in this, like, Listen, man, I, I've, had yeah, some t- category. I've had some takes that have come back and bit me in the ass on this podcast. This one's going to come back and bite you in the ass. De'Aaron Fox, if De'Aaron Fox was on any other organization this year, he would have no, been I in, know that he, in serious conversation for all NBA. I that don't, dude don't, make, is, don't make me start bringing up receipts. I won't, I won't do it. No, I, listen, I acknowledge all First, the First, it was Donovan Mitchell, said. and it was RJ and Mitch and all the picks for Donovan Mitchell. Here's, look, here, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm giving up. I'm For De'Aaron Fox, I'll give up. I'm not for that contract because we can get better players. Uh, I'm going to be picky. I am. I'm going to be a picky little brat. I'm going to be spoiled. going to be a spoiled, picky little brat. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to enjoy it. (laughs) Your lips to God's ears. Um, I would happily give up. um, I don't know. Two, two, two of our own firsts, a Dallas for like, I would. Okay. Here's a, here's a real deal. And this obviously would not be enough to get him. Both of the picks this year. Um, Two future firsts, um, extraordinarily lightly protected. Um, quickly, and I guess you'd have to go. You know, I don't know. They want take take knocks off our hands. Like I would, I would give a give that. So up take half knocks. the first round picks and someone else instead of quickly go get Brogdon. Use the cap space to, in free agency to make your team even better. Yeah. Ma- Ma- Malcolm Brogdon doesn't materially alt. Like if we had Malcolm Brogdon right now, I would Brogdon have- playing off of Julius Randle. You want to talk about his market change, exposure? He doesn't change your ceiling one iota. If 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 Malcolm Brogdon was on this team today, I would be like, okay. 
they're probably going to beat the Hawks at I was, five. I would no. I would say they're probably going to beat the Hawks, and I would say they're probably going to lose against the Sixers in the next round. Brogdon's a really good player. He's a really good player. He's maybe the thirty fifth best player in the league. That's a really good player. I think the Aaron Fox has a, I think I think the Aaron No, Fox I get the two way I get the two way player. appeal. I think I think the contract scares me. I, it doesn't scare me at all. I don't I, think I, it, I would, does. It, I would it does. It does scare that guy me. in a heartbeat. Okay. Next next I'm done yelling. Next question. <laughs> um still still in regards to free agency, our friend Mark from Germany. Uh two parter. Okay. First part is is less fun than the second, but still fun. Still okay. fun. I, like I won't I won't comment on the second for legal reasons. Of the possible big free agent targets this summer, who's least likely to disrupt the team's chemistry and why? Who's the most likely? That's interesting. Um the least likely would be, I mean, uh, can I say Chris Paul? Um yeah, I just, I just think Chris Paul's per- personality. I mean, Makes Paul, sense. Paul, Paul, or Lowry. I think either. Like, yeah, Lowry, I was going to say Lowry. Lowry's actually the answer because Paul is like when you when you trade when you Chris Paul's on your team, it becomes Chris Paul's team. It's Chris like, Paul. Yeah, it's it's so th- no, I think that's so you're saying Chris Paul would disrupt it the most. No, I don't think the oh, most. Okay, I no, just think I'm Larry's not, the. I think I'm, Lowry's the pick over. La- Lowry's the answer because Chris Paul. It, the right Paul now, seems obvious because the Leon stuff. I think. Yeah, but but, but because in the locker room, it's Julius Randle's team, and we want to keep it Julius Randle's team. And I think Lowry, if Lowry came here, would be okay with it being Julius Randle's team. Um, and who would disrupt it the most in terms of reasonable free agent targets? Um, I don't know that anybody I think would disrupt it a lot. Like, I, Schroeder. Maybe, but like, eh, not really. I, not, I, honestly, I don't think any of these guys um, that are re- that you, I you think I are, foresee as like reasonable targets. Culture guru Tom Thibodeau is so so venerable that nobody can. I just think like all the stuff that we've heard about wanting to bring in certain types of guys to this team. I don't think that that's all bullshit. I think that that's real. And I think, Oh, but nah, I I get it. I'm just thinking like of the possible free agents. Here's the thing. There's not a Kyrie Irving as a free agent. This where if it's like, if that person, Mark Mark said big free agents, I would say, you know, there are guys like they're ball hogs. Okay. Actually, no, Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre, but but he's not a big free agent. So you you want to know the answer? Very small free agent. I'll, I'll say the obvious thing. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is the obvious answer because Kawhi Leonard has gone and proven in LA. Like he's going to, he still wants oh. to go his way and, and yeah. off days catered to him and like practices catered to him and the whole thing. And I'm not saying no, he's like, no, that a, makes sense. You know, a disruptor of any kind, but yeah, I think that would be the biggest risk. That said, if I could get fucking Kawhi Leonard here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you sign up for that. Very yes, good. You sign up for that. Second, second part. If or rather when we move to the second round, what special occasion beverage do you have in place or in mind? Oh man. Um my um my mom um she got me for my birthday this uh bottle of some kind of fancy aged I think it's a type of some kind of gym beam. I don't know. I don't even haven't even opened it yet, but it came in a fancy box. So that's probably pretty good. I guess I'll open that. I'm sorry. I don't have a better answer. 
No, it's uh, it's it's, it's meaningful. It's uh, I think it's called Booker. I'm gonna. I'll, oh, what? Oh yeah, that's right. I didn't even think of that. Holy shit! Ah. That's so funny. That's a sign. Okay. Ah. So maybe that, that's the answer. Uh, next right. question. We now before to- before I enable the Strickland's evil minds to infect our podcast, we have uh-huh. one last very serious question. Okay. Um, from Max Merritt, okay. who. Wants to know if Elf drops 20 in a playoff game. I, I, I think I, I noticed this on Twitter. How long would you wait to tattoo his name on your body? Nah, the only, only Thibodeau. He's the only guy that I would get tattooed on my, my body. I would, I would sooner die than get Alfred Payton tattooed anywhere on my, on my personage. Would you do like a caricature of him yelling? The mask pull down, maybe something like Conrad Drew. But here's the thing. If he scored 20 in a game, that doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a good thing. It just maybe he took like 28 shots, which like that I could, boy, you want to talk about not what you want. <laughs> nightmares, off season nightmares. Yeah. Not really. Not what you want. Um, yeah. Okay. There we go. That's that. All right. Uh, and now, okay. now I move on to Schwinn's question. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Is this the thing to, that you sent me? This now, stuff? now I move on to Schwinn's question and, and Schwinn wants to know, what your favorite Gunna song is. Now I sent you. Yeah. So here's, so I sent you a little selection. So you sent me, you told me to listen to three songs, nasty girl, three headed snake, and then lifestyle. Lifestyle was Jeremy's. Yep. Okay. Without, and then then there was uh, the ski song Then there was ski too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I listened to about 15 seconds of ski before I came on this podcast and it was 15 seconds too many. Um, So that's probably on the bottom. Although I also did not, I I, honest opinion about three headed snake. I listened to that song and I gave it two minutes and I'm like, this is everything I hate about hip hop right now. Um, So I did not care for that either. Lifestyle is the easy choice. I actually really, I was like on the train when I put lifestyle on and I, I was like bobbing my head to it. I was really enjoying that. That's like, that's my type of jam. Um, so I'm going to go and if you could, if anybody out there is listening to this and like knows of other songs that are kind of like have that same vibe. I've no, oh. I, I have no idea what they were talking about um, in the song. I know that there was some talk of um, activities um, which I gathered what, what they were. Um, and that's, that's great. Um, but I think it's, it's all good. Um, I really like that. Nasty girl was fine. Um, I caught a line, something about on fleek. Um, like I could see putting on nasty girl. If I was like driving around in the car and like had the right. windows down, like I had a bass tube or something. I could see putting on nasty girl. It's you not a, a song. What? what? A, you bass a, what? a bass tube. It's a it's a tube you put in the, your trunk and it amplifies the bass. That, that's it. That's you why yeah. why don't you just get a you don't just get a bit your car just doesn't come with with bass speakers in it. No, it does, but that's the amplifier. Look at Andrew. Bass. Look at Andrew. Look at Andrew. <laughs> He's dying. He's not my my teenage this is killing him. But here's so. the thing: I don't drive around with like my windows down, pumping music anymore because those days are gone. I listen to music when I run, and that's like "Nasty Girl" is not a song I would run to, so I probably am not going to listen to that. Um, I actually was going to, I meant to do this. I was going to write down a list of some songs for you to listen to for homework before the next time we did one of these. Um, I'll do it. 
I have a couple off top. You wanted to give me just as off top of my head. All right. You ready? Okay. So, um, do you know who Beanie Man is? Uh, who? Okay. So you're going to write it down Beanie Man. And the name of the song is Sim Simma, S-I-M space S-I-M-M-A. Um, I think that's the actual name of the song. Andrew, you could confirm that for me. Unless, uh, whatever. You, that, just If you search that, that it'll come up. Um, I want you to go for Sean Paul. Um, uh, deport them. Okay. Actually, I mean, any Sean Paul really is fine, but like Sean Paul, deport them. No, no, I'm, I'm going to listen to deport them now. No, <laughs> now the, deport, I, deport them is now the one that I, I know I, that there's a song called deport them. Um, okay. So put that one on. Um, I'm so sorry if you're part of I want my you Dominican to, family and are watching. This. I want you to listen to uh, which Busta song. Busta is my favorite artist of all time. Why don't you go? Oh, that's no, that's that's good. I'm going to give you some new Busta and I'm going to give you some old Busta. So the old Busta I want you to listen to is um, put your hands where my eyes could see. Okay. And then I'll, and then the new Busta is um, twerk it, which you've probably, that's like not that old. So I'm, I'd actually be surprised if you hadn't heard that one. And then let me give you one more. Ooh, I'll give you, I'll give you one at a, a little left turn here. Um, okay. Noriega. And it's, it's going to be super thug is the name of the song. And do yourself a favor. Don't try to pay. Don't try to understand the lyrics at all. Just let it wash over you. That's I'll, I'll listen to all the songs and then I will re-listen. I will have notes. Those are five of the greatest songs of all time. I'm just going to tell you that. To support them. All right. <laughs> can't get over that one. Um, I can't. <laughs> kiss today. All right, Andrew, um, I see you, you You really want to chime in. So before we before we finish up here, anything from you? I have there's 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 one more. There's there's Tyrese's question. Do oh, we have to... another question. I'm sorry. Oh, I was, I was oh, cutting yeah. to the chase here. So, so ask Tyrese's question. No, no, no. So have so you you have because we gave you the song. But Tyrese's question was, have you ever heard of Young Thug? Um, I Young Thug was was who did the chorus on the, the lifestyle I've song. heard of yeah, I've heard of Young Thug. I, I I if he walked into my house right now, I don't know that I would know it was Young Thug who walked. Oh, into my house. you'd well, all right. You've you've heard of Young Thug though. I've heard of. Young I have Thug. to. I have to. You ready? Not with. I'll send you the link to a music video of his. Okay, that, that you have to watch. Is he one there. of the people with all the tattoos on his face? Well, he's part of he's part of YSL, which is Young Stoner Life. I don't know. Um, this. I don't want which that which that's like him, Gunna, a, a bunch of other artists. They all like they're a little collective. Use an artist. Got. Okay. Anyway, um, okay. Was that the last question? It was. Okay, Andrew. Andrew. I I don't even know how to follow any of this at the moment. <laughs> um, I actually had a question for Chris because you and I have been asked all season, John, about how this season compares to 2013, 2010, the 90s. And Chris, a lot has been made of how you were born after the third Lord of the Rings movie. And I wanted to know from your perspective how you compare, I guess, 2013 is the only real modicum of success you could compare this to. So how for you does this year compare to that year? 
Well, I'll, I'll start by saying that Attack of the Clones is always my reference point. I was born the month that Attack of the Clones came out. You should pick a better in, movie for your reference point. In 2002. Well, you know, I like the series, so it may be a low point, but it's a, it's a nice time frame, I think. I guess that would um, mean Two Towers, the movie that came out the year you were born? I'll look it up. Go ahead. Answer the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember having my PC and setting the background to this photo of Carmelo and it said 28.7 or whatever it was on it. Uh, the scoring title. I remember throughout the year making it photos of Mello guarding LeBron, vice versa, uh, Mello and different players. I mean, that, that year meant a lot to me because the first year I was really a fan was like that Linsanity year, uh, two seasons, one season before, two seasons before. before. Yeah. The season before. So yeah, I was just kind of getting into, I had played basketball since I was four, really didn't get into the NBA and following it for real, for real until I was like 10, 11. But then I was really into it uh, and getting to be a, Part of that Knicks experience was, as I wrote with John in our Strickland piece together, one of the greatest bait and switches ever until now, um, because that was just it was it was such a way to start out like being a fan of the team that it was just such a like a build. It was like a building block of my life, like my Carmelo Anthony obsession was like, you know, like Mello was like my John has like Spreewell. Uh, uh, yes. I still have my cursed orange Carmelo jersey. I still have the white with the old font. Like it was, it was mellow, man. So that that team like will always mean a lot. But the fact that this one like has RJ and Frank and Obi and these young kids on it, like you know, there's future IQ. Um, and there's, then the fact that like ability to this, the, yeah, the, uh, one year thing. Randall's um, only twenty six, right? Yeah. Like yeah. this is, this is cool. And Tibbs is in his first year as a coach, uh, you know, whether he's here until year five or four or three and a half, whatever of his deal, like, like this is a really, really good first year of this five-year deal that gave fans some, some fans, some pause, like when it was a five-year deal, as opposed to something shorter, just, you know, with what that would mean for his motivations, but we're here, like we're here. Um, and we're, in the playoffs with the fourth seed, we're hosting a first round series. Like this run from being pegged as like a bottom three, like they are going, like there's no way they're not like the, the Knicks. The, yeah. it's, the, it's the Knicks though. Ha ha. Like, like no, they're going to be bad because they're, they're the team that they are. Even though they have are, a whole new people. Like it's really cool to just be part of this. Like it's funny. Um, John and I were just on a, on a, Zoom call with a couple of podcasters from across the Blue Wire NBA media world. And one of the Bulls guys was talking about the season they just had and how he actually threw the line in there. You know, maybe we could be like the Knicks and make a jump next year. <laughs> and it's the first time in a long time that that. someone's been like, maybe they wish like they wish they were like the Knicks but um, that thing. Like that's that that's the, the narrative has changed. That's the culture right there. The, that is. And it's different now on that note. Um, Good stuff, Chris. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Two things. One, uh, we got to get out of here because like recording with someone else in five minutes. Um, I got the name. I did get the name of the song wrong. It's not Simpson. It's it's Who Am I is the actual name of the song. So change it. Even though you would have found it if you would put in Simpson into your search. Who yep. Am I is the name of the song. 
And then one more, one more I need you to find is uh, Dutty Wine, D-U-T-T-Y, wine, like red wine. No, I know how to spell that. Okay. And it's by Tony Matterhorn. I got nothing, okay. Chris. I can't worry more about the movies you see than the music you listen to. Okay. So those six It's summertime. Are- it's, this is movie fixing season. Yeah. Well, Delaware trips with the family. This is this is the time for a movie. Listen fixing. to the songs before before uh, you you watch any movies because the songs will take you about twenty minutes in total. Last thing uh, in two minutes or less. Tell everybody at home when you're not here doing stuff at KFS where where they could find you. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I, I sleep in the basement now, so um, it's cold. But you have a you have a podcast also, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So game two of of the playoffs, Danny B and I will be there together. So watch out for the KFS Halftime Live. Very special show coming to you guys. Game That's two. Uh, but other than that, you know, every Knicks game live at halftime for KFS to a tolerable degree. The podcast with Fritz and Riley uh, betting picks for the playoffs. Obviously, hypothetical for us as 19 year olds. Um, definitely did not go two for two yesterday and also take 48 to have over three and a half assists speeding. I went three boy. for three. Um, uh, didn't happen. So yeah. What's your yeah, Twitter? If, if anyone wants to follow you on Twitter. Oh, they're not going to spell my name. Right. It's uh, it's, it'll be in the bio. Andrew's it'll got be in the bio. bio. Right, Twitter's in the bio. All right. Uh, thank, thank you guys as always for everything. Thank you to the viewers for support to, uh, the Strickland for the questions that allow me to harass John. Um, yes. Thank you, Chris. You, you, you know, I, uh, I give you a lot of shit, but you, uh, you do a fantastic, <laughs> no, I, I appreciate the, the shit you, um, you do a fantastic job on Keeps these me going. and, uh, I, you really do a good job on these. So thank you. And, uh, thank you, Andrew, Andrew, anything else before we get out of here? Let's go Mets. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. And if you've been with us for all these this week, you're a trooper and we hope uh, you've been enjoying them. And uh, don't forget, check out the YouTube channel, uh, the merch, uh, which uh, again, the link to that is going to be um, on Knicks Film School's Twitter pin tweet or uh, YouTube or anywhere, <laughs> anywhere you consume our content, go look at the a Twitter bio, whatever. You'll find the link to the merch store. It's on T Public, Knicks Film School. And we will see you or and, and talk to you very soon.